Welcome to the She Builds Show. I'm your host, Stephanie Olson, a licensed general contractor who builds new construction, renovates, and designs your vision. Today, more than ever, we need raw, authentic women who are willing to rise above society's norms, break those glass ceilings, and encourage each other to boldly build the life we were meant to live. So honey, what are you building? Lindsay, welcome to the She Build Show. I'm so happy you're here. Just introduce yourself and tell us about who you are just a little bit. My name is Lindsay Owen and I live in Napa Valley. So I'm lucky enough to live in such a beautiful place. I started in architecture. My degree was in architecture. That road ultimately took me to construction and doing design build for homeowners, they have just ultimately said, okay, can you just do all of our furniture and our interiors? So now I'm full service architecture, new construction or major remodels, construction management through interiors. And I am currently working towards my class B license. That's awesome. Okay. So I have to back up for a second because we have to discuss our connection. So my aunt, right? My, which I call her Aunt Dee Dee. And she's not really my aunt because she's technically my cousin, but that's family drama. No, <laughs> it's because my father was the youngest and her, I'm trying to think, and her father was, anyways, I call her my aunt because she's older than me. And like her children are actually like my third cousins, I think. And my kids and her kids are closer in age. But anyways, my aunt was like, you got to talk to Lindsay. So tell me how you know Auntie. I'm sure you call her Denise. <laughs> I do call her Denise. My husband actually worked with her husband. And so out of college, my husband and I both went to Chico State originally. He got a job at an accounting firm and then ultimately got scooped up by her husband and started working for him in the roofing business. Became his mentor became great friends. They'll be lifelong friends forever now. They no longer work together, but we'll always be friends and family. Oh, that's amazing. So did you ever do any design stuff with Denise? Because I know she does remodel stuff. (laughs) Yes. At that time I was working in an architecture firm. So she would always ping me like, can you take a look at this floor plan? Like, what would you do? And I was so busy and wrapped up that I would give her little feedback. But now as time has gone on and I've started my own company, it kind of actually came right at the time when I decided to go on my own. They approached me with this project and I said, you know, it's perfect timing. Like, let's do it. I'll go all in right now. So they were my first project. Under oh, my that's company. awesome. Yeah. yeah. So you're helping them with their house at Tahoe, the new one. Oh my yes. gosh. Oh, that's, yes. oh, I think I saw your floor plans then because she showed them to me. Yes. So we're, oh. it, you know, it's the constant, like, how much can I get what Denise wants? How much will David give us? Yeah. <laughs> but that's part of good architecture. I say, you know, good architecture and bad architecture is the same price. If you pay for an architect, you know, you really want somebody that's going to listen and respond. And also having the construction background, I understand budgets and costs and feasibility. So good design is good design. Right. Absolutely. Not just designing things that, you know, are going to break the budget and aren't actually feasible. So I really appreciate that. So I guess I just want to dive in a little bit more to your background. Can you give me a little bit more details? Like how did you, so you went to Chico State, you, did you get a degree in architecture? No, I was actually an art major at Chico State. And then unfortunately something tragic happened And it took me a few years to recuperate and it happened in my home. So there was somebody that came into my home 
And so I basically left school after a year of art. And the only place I didn't feel safe was in my home. So at that time, I, I realized, well, I was flying down to my parents with my hus- boyfriend at the time, who's now my husband. And I was thinking, what am I going to do? And I looked at the flight attendants and I thought, what if I became a flight attendant? And I could fly all over. I could deal with some issues that I need to deal with personally and travel the world. And nobody would know where I was. So I became a flight attendant for a few years. And that opened my eyes to the built world and how people lived, different countries, different cities, even America is so diverse. So after September 11th happened and I said, okay, well, now is the time to go back to school, back to college. I said, let's do architecture. And so I ended up at Cal Poly, which was a great school. And you went all through school and got a degree in architecture? Yep. So I got a degree in architecture. And right after that, I went to work for a firm in San Francisco doing custom homes and I loved it. However, I would put all my heart and soul into these plans and turn over to a contractor. And then I would do site walks and I would think, oh my gosh, why did they detail it that way? Why did they do this? And that's when I really got into wanting to get into the construction side. And sure, I can draw a detail two-dimensionally of how we're going to flash this window or how we're going to detail the sill pan of a door with the flooring. But I want to actually be there and do that and understand it so I can understand what I'm drawing. And so that's when I got into the contracting world, working for a home builder. So I did project management there for some large communities here in the East Bay, and which was great. It opened my eyes to the building world on a big scale, mm-hmm. but I was missing my outlet of design. And that's when I got connected with a smaller contractor who was doing Was custom. that because it was more spec or because you just didn't have that role? Well, I didn't have an end user, right? When you're doing new home construction for a large builder, I lost that connection of actually working with somebody and talking to them about how they want to live in the home. You know, how does their family work? Just having that. I My instant gratification is seeing somebody at the end of the day so happy with something that we've built. And so the, the personal connection is very big to me. And then also I was just dealing with change orders and schedules and scopes and budgets. I wasn't doing any design work. But I needed to learn that side of it. So, you know, I jumped into something again that I didn't really know, but I figured it out, got what I needed from it, and then took the next part. So that's working with the smaller contractor. Then I got to really wrap my arms around the building of the home, but having an end user, having a homeowner to work with. And then over time, that just turned into us doing our own spec builds or custom builds, new construction, where I would do the architecture And then we would build it. And then slowly that turned into also the interiors. So when you say we, like, is your husband doing that? Are you? No, so that was when I worked for a small contractor. So I do not have my architecture license. So after I got into the contracting world, I quickly learned in the state of California, you do not need an architecture license to design residential homes up to three stories, but you need a contractor's license in order to build it. So I could design it, but I can't build it. But if I go and take my licensure exam, I can get my contractor's license and I can design it and build it, which is my ultimate goal is to design and build my own homes. Awesome. At what point or what friction or what pain did you decide, like, I'm ready to do this on my own and I want to have my own business and I don't want to work for anybody? Like, was that always in the back of your mind? Tell me what that decision was like, because it's a big decision to work for somebody your whole life and then decide, okay, Mm -hmm. now I'm going to run my own business. I think it's always been dormant in my mind as a pipe dream. It wasn't something I mapped out and planned to happen at this point in time. It just got to a point where I was doing these homes and 
I had a difference of opinion on how we should do something or how we should deal with the homeowner or how we should schedule it or schedule the subs. And I'm lucky enough, I'm at a point in my life now that with my husband and myself, I could take on this risk of Mm -hmm. I'm going to take this leap. And sure, I have four months of work ahead of me. I need to figure out, do I market myself? Like, what am I going to do? But I'll figure it out. And, you know, now it's, I don't know, six months in and I'm so busy and things just keep happening and word of mouth is so great. And I'm not looking back at all. That's awesome. So how far away are you from getting your GC? Are you studying? Where are you at? I should be studying. I've got my (laughs) paperwork submitted and everything's taking a long time in the state of California. So I probably should be following up on that, but I have the big book. I will be ready to take the test, I think, as soon as I can. But Okay, if you need help with that, you email me because I'll tell you, I did like a two-day workshop right before the test because I I probably studied, I don't know, on and off for six months, just kind of like did 50 questions a night was kind of my goal. And then I did like a two-day workshop that's like right there at the testing center. It was in Sacramento. I don't know if you go to Sacramento or... Yeah, so you go to Sacramento and they had the testing center. It was not a fun two days. I'll give you that. (laughs) But they literally (laughs) stick you in a room and you just answer questions for two days and anything that doesn't make sense, they help you. And like the plans and the engineered drawings and stuff, it's like taking the test. And then you take the test right after, like on the third day. So it was definitely, I would highly recommend that if you. Great. I was looking into those. So it's great to hear that directly. Yeah. Word of mouth. So I will definitely be looking into that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So are you planning on having your GC by the end of the year? Is that kind of your goal? You know, that's probably a goal I need to set. (laughs) I know. I'm going to push you. (laughs) Right now, it's like, I just can't see the end of sight with these projects and I don't have anybody. And it's like, do I find somebody? So you're already like in that pain point of I'm growing and I need help. Yeah. Or do I just start saying no and not grow is, you know, one of the tough questions. So it's like, I started out that that was my goal. I got all my paperwork, I got everything ready. And now it's just kind of out of sight, out of mind. I'm working and loving life, but I am now hearing this question and I'm going to make a note that I do need to set this as a goal. So I don't okay, I'm hold it. you to it. Yeah. Cause you know what? It was hard for me too. And it's not, you know, like I have three kids and live on a ranch and have too many horses and animals and life and business. And, you know, it was like something that, that you set out to do. And then when you actually do it and you achieve it, it's like, okay, now I'm ready. Cause when I first started, I had a GC Asked me like, Stephanie, why do you want your general contractor's license? Because I've been doing the work for a very long time, you know, on my own, because as an owner builder, you can do that in the state of California, or I was managing projects with other contractors. And, you know, for me, it was like, I want to be legit, you know, like mm-hmm. I want the title <laughs> basically. And yes. I think almost just I want to be able woman. to sign the permit myself. Yes. <laughs> But in almost as a woman, sometimes we need those for people to really take us seriously, unfortunately. You know, titles do matter in a way for that. Absolutely. Yeah. I wanted to be able to have other things. Yeah. I wanted the number. I wanted the license number. And when I got it and when I achieved it, so I want that for you. So I'm going to hold you to it. You have until 2022 to get it done. And I will help you. Okay. I'll help you with whatever way I can, because I know all the places to go and what to do. Okay. Now that we're done with me pushing you. Okay. So 
tell me, what do you think motivates you? Like in this business, what's the biggest motivator for you? I honestly think at the end of the day, it's making people happy. I don't know. I'm just, I'm a people pleaser, but in this way, it feels so good when I've created a home, built a home. And then also now doing the interiors to me, it's like the soul of the home and connecting them to the home and the impact that it has on a family is huge. And that's what makes me happy and sleep well at night is knowing I'm improving their lives. So you're designing the house. So you're like drawing everything. Then yep, all the all the construction documents, submitting them for permit. Everything. And mm-hmm. then have you gone into like construction on anything like that you've drawn on your own business yet? Um, we are gearing up right now on a small remodel, a, a large remodel. Yes. Okay. And, and then how, design review. how are you planning on like, managing the jobs? Do you have like all of your own subs? I'm just curious, like how you've thought through it, right? Yeah. So now I'm acting as a construction manager. I think what provides value to my clients is a lot of the times the husband and the wife both work and they're very busy. And most of the time I'm interfacing with the wife. And when they meet me and we start working through the design, they form a really good bond and trust with me. And now they want me to basically be the main point person through the project. They want me to interact with the GC. They want me to manage everything, review all the contracts and make sure that I'm holding them accountable. The contractors and the timeline mm-hmm. and the budget. Okay. Yeah. Amazing. And then on top of that, I'm just checking, like I'm just seeing how many hats you wear. Yeah. On top of that, you're designing and ordering all of the furniture. Yes. And that <laughs> has been a large learning curve over the last few years because it's a whole world I never even peeked into really. Um, So doing things not through retail, but through trade resources, that's a whole nother world. But podcasts were my learning tool for the last (laughs) two years on that. And I love it. Now with COVID, everything, you know, is so backlogged. So sofas are like six to nine months out. So now it's like, okay, we're going to submit for design review. As soon as we have approval, let's order your windows and your furniture. <laughs> yeah, and you're pretty sure we're ready for them. We have them in hand. So, oh my gosh, um, that's it's, crazy. everything's very front loaded. You know, I'll have a, the receiving warehouse. We'll have five thousand square feet of furniture in it, waiting six months for the house to be completed. But then we can deliver it all, staging and styling and all of that, and it's fun. And that's what I think brings me the most gratification is it it ties the architecture to the interiors and then brings that soul to the home. Yeah, absolutely. I love that piece of it. I wish that, cause you know, like I'm building and staging and selling, you know, more so than doing custom stuff. And sometimes I always, that like piece of it where you're like, okay, now I get to like present, you know, it's kind of like the TV shows where you're like, now I like I've I've decorated and staged your home and now I get to present it to you in this beautiful fashion. I think that would bring me a little bit more. I don't know if I'd want to do the interiors, but I definitely could see how that's like very satisfying. Well, if you want to get into the interiors world, you let me know and I can help you. You do it. Yeah. (laughs) How about you do it? And then I'll be like, look what she did. (laughs) Isn't it beautiful? (laughs) Okay. Are you the only person on your team right now? Yeah. Yeah. So you're just, (laughs) are you sleeping? I typically wake up at 4 or 4.30, get a few hours in before the kids are up, getting them to school, which that has been one of the most gratifying things is since 
going on my own, I get to take my daughter to school every day. And that's just something I didn't get to do. So the little bit of flexibility that allows me to still be a mom in the moments I want to be a mom is great. And if that means I wake up early and get a few hours in and then take a few hours to do the mom things during the day, that's totally fine with me. It works for you. How many kiddos do you have? We have two, a seven-year-old and a five-year-old. Oh my gosh. I have a seven-year-old and 10-year-old and 18-year-old. Oh my goodness. Crazy, right? Well, my seven-year-old, he's turning eight in just a couple of weeks. So it's a good season of life. They're like fun and independent and doing their sports and growing into who they are. And I absolutely agree that like having, even I think as entrepreneurs, we work more than we ever had <laughs> prior. Yes. But yes. if anybody ever told me what to do that I could and could not do that and be with my kids or go on vacation, you know, I'm, I would get fired because I'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> yes. I heard, <laughs> I heard this once a while ago and it's not work-life balance. It's just work-life integration. And I totally believe in that, right? Absolutely. Because I've always said that, like, I don't think that there's a balance. There's never a balance. It's never like perfect. Oh, I've, I've achieved balance with my kids and my work. It's like this season, I need to give more to this. And this season, I need to give more to that. So to me, it's like a counterbalancing of like, okay, where does my attention need to be? And like, you know, I really try to cut off times at like three o'clock and be home with the kids and pick them up. And same thing, like get them ready for school, mm-hmm. take them to school and be uber productive when I am working. Like that's my mission. It's like no cell phones, no distractions, no notifications, get my work done so that I can be available. So I think you might need an assistant or somebody yes. to help. If you, you know anybody, please let me know. <laughs> okay. Go to Upwork or those Upwork. are, yeah. I've Upwork. Yeah. So it's like an online, basically virtual assistant. You can find, I bet you could find 300 people who had design experience, you know, if, Oh, I want you to to draw this for me real quick or put this together or input this, you could find whoever you want. And then they're not your employee. You're just paying them on like a as needed hourly basis. And you can not work with them whenever you want. They don't work. You know, it's like a really great way to transition into, is this going to work and how good am I at delegating and that kind of stuff. So I would suggest Mm -hmm. that. Okay, great. I don't want you to go crazy. Yeah. The the (laughs) tough part is me trying to figure out how to have time to manage somebody else. That's like, that's the hard part. Trello. You need Trello. I I learned that from you a few weeks ago. (laughs) So I'm looking into Trello. You just put whatever you need in Trello for the virtual assistant, give them a board. And then anytime anything pops into your head, it can be four in the morning. You can put it on there and then you're not like upsetting the time zone (laughs) or like waking them up. You know, I'm always like, I can't text them at 3.30, but... (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. What does your perfect project look like? Like if you could look out five years and, you know, have your GC, maybe the team has grown. What does a perfect project look like for you? Is it a client? Is it a spec? What's the perfect project? Perfect project would be a spec turned client in Napa Valley. There's so many beautiful properties here and there actually are pieces of property here, unlike other parts of the Bay Area. And doing, you know, a Napa Valley compound with you know, a large main residence and vineyards and pools and outhouses and starting it out where basically raw piece of land, do the architecture design, get it rendered, put the whole package together with materials, 
sell that and have a client to finish the home with. So that they can kind of put their twist on Mm -hmm, their their touch and then bring that soul in there for them. Right. Okay. That's going to happen. I think that sounds amazing. (laughs) Yeah. You got a better time. Yes. When you're ready. It will happen. I know. Well, absolutely. Okay. Have you, I just, this is just a a more personal question. Have you ever experienced burnout? Like just totally burned out. Can you just tell me a little bit about that? Cause I just don't, I, I don't like the notion of, we just work until we have nothing left. And I just always like to, you know, bring to light, like what did that look like and what were the signs and how did you deal with it? I think that was pretty much when I was working mainly on the contracting side. One, every week has fire drills, right? So you start out with your Monday of what you're going to get done that week and you never get it done because there's constantly fire drills. But the burnout comes when you're working extended hours, which we all know we do sometimes. But when I never had a positive outlet of something that I was excited to do, something, and then that's when I learned like I needed a creative outlet still, or I needed some positive affirmation from a client that I didn't no longer have. So I felt like I was working and working and it was, I'm definitely not one for the corporate world. I've learned that like, you know, those Sunday nights going to bed kind of with a pit in your stomach, like, okay, what's going to come at me on Monday morning and this week? And you know, there's nobody really like patting me on the back or some client saying, I love what you did here. That was hard for me, just constantly like working hard. And I never felt like I accomplished something. Or, mm, like working for nothing. was really good spreadsheet. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, that's not me. I think that has to do with like tangible results. Like some people can be okay with intangible successes. Like my husband did insurance for a very long time. And like, you don't see tangible results when you sell insurance. And I think for me, it's the same thing. It's like to have an idea and then to see it come to life is that tangible, you know, success that makes you feel like, okay, I did something. I built something. I created something. And like what was inside my mind is now the real thing. And it can stay there for a hundred years, you know, for more people to enjoy. Exactly. I think that's important to know about yourself. And thank you for sharing that. Cause I think it's important to like recognize what burns us out and how, and you know, what's the right career or, you know, Mm -hmm. space for us to grow and to be the person that we really want to be. Okay. So what do you think has been your biggest hurdle? Like with this jump of going from working for somebody else to opening your business, what's the biggest hurdle? Because I have a lot of listeners that, you know, they just are trying to figure out what they want to do, or maybe they have an idea. And how do you start a business? What was your biggest hurdle? My biggest hurdle is bookkeeping. I have (laughs) never been somebody sending invoices out. That's not me. And my husband is the accountant. I'm the designer. And now I have to put that hat on. And it's difficult. And to me in the beginning, I was like, I just need to hire somebody to do this. And my husband said, well, you can't hire somebody and tell them how to do it until you know how to do it yourself. So it's like, okay, so let me get QuickBooks, start digging in. And now it feels so good to do it every week and tracking it. And one other thing he told me, he was like, when you finish it, just send the invoice. And to me, I always thought I have to wait till I complete a phase or at the end of the month. Like, I don't want to be so pushy, but it's like, no, as soon as you finish it, you send it. And it's just those small mentalities that I've never had to deal with has helped me. And it's almost empowered me. Like I know everything that's coming in and going out and 
Now I just want to get that process more streamlined. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, as you grow as a business owner, not knowing what's going on with your financials is probably the worst mistake you could make. Because Mm -hmm. whether or not you're doing data entry or reviewing the profit and loss, I come from an accounting background as well. So to me, dropping that and handing it off and going, oh, I hope I'm going to cross my fingers that everything's okay, is I absolutely agree with your husband. It's like, you have to know how to do it. You have to understand it, even if it's painful. Mm-hmm. And you know, to be a good business owner, you have to know how to read those documents and you have to know what's going in and coming out so that you can make wise decisions and go, yeah. okay, no, I really don't want to take on that client because I have enough money in the bank and we're good. <laughs> Exactly. Okay. So where I just want people to, you know, if they're in your area or even, I don't know if you do online, do you do online design? Like from, I do. I actually have a project in Albuquerque right now. I have one in San Diego. I have one in the LA area. Sometimes I do actually go in person. We can do a lot through FaceTime these days. I go and ship out samples every week to people that, you know, for them to look at. So E-design is something that I can do. That's more just on the interiors level. Right. But yeah, it, it's fun and it works. And for yeah, now, absolutely. it's something I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So well, I just want to see if like anybody is interested in having you, you know, help them with their project. Where can they find you? So they could email me at lindsay at lindsayowendesign.com. I spell my name with an A, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y. I do have lindsayowendesign.com, but I have not spent a beat on putting that together yet. And my (laughs) Insta is kind of my working portfolio, but again, that needs some more attention from me, but that's at lindsayowendesign. Awesome. Well, I'm so proud of you and I'm so happy to meet you and I hope we get to meet in person and I can't wait to pour over the design that you've done at Aunt Didi's house and just, I can see the vision there that you've created and you very much have a gift. Thanks. So we can pour over them with a glass of wine. Yes, so, okay. that's and and look at the beautiful view because yes, exactly, um, <laughs> it's pretty amazing. Exactly. All right, Lindsay, we'll have a wonderful week and just keep doing what you're doing. You're doing an amazing job and get your GC. <laughs> Thank you, Stephanie. It was a pleasure. All right, I'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye. Thanks for joining me today on the She Build Show. My name is Stephanie Olson. My hope is that this episode leaves you feeling empowered and ready to boldly take that step into building the life that you envision one, two by four at a time. And if you can do me a quick favor, please leave me a five-star review on iTunes. I get giddy over reading the reviews each week and I will choose one special person to win some SheBuild swag. Make sure you add your name to the review and I'll reach out if you're the winner. Thanks again for hanging out. Be sure to visit me at thesheBuildShow.com where you can ask me questions and share with me what you're building.